Oh, dude, ow, ow, where is it? Oh, I can't get it. Oh, me, oh, oh, my head, oh, what? Where is it? I don't really know. How do I? I'm stuck. Do you ever get that feeling that you've got an idea or a feeling that needs to come out, but something's just getting in the way? Welcome back to the Stu Simpson Show. Today we're talking about therapy and how it can help us unblock our creative pathways. So, if you're ever having any problems, today is the podcast for you. We're talking to Franz Hutchison, a fellow Morris dancer and a rapid transformational therapist. What is that I hear, you ask? Well, you'll have to listen to the rest of the podcast to find out, won't you? Here's what me and Franz had a chat about. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our show today, The Stu Simpson Show. Franz Hutchison, one of my really, really best friends, a fantastic Morris dancer, and also an RCT therapist. Hello, Franz, how are you today? I'm very well, thanks, Stu. I'm fantastic Morris dancers. That's great. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, yes, I'm yes. Enjoy, enjoying the weather anyway. Well, well, we'll get back to the Morris dancing at some point in the future, <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, yeah. So how have you been? Um, well, thanks, Stu. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, at the moment, um, obviously, I've been working and um, throughout the furlough. So uh, and I'm just about to change jobs um, when we're coming back uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So I've been looking forward to that and doing some research on that. And, of course, I've been doing my therapy, which, uh, as you know, is one of my uh, loves in life. And that is what we're here to talk about today, because mm, the Stu yeah. Simpson show is all about creativity. And many, many people are artists that I talk to from different sort of genres and different sort of art forms, whether it's music, art, decoupage, I love that word. Um, <laughs> yeah. any, anything creative, I get lots, lots of people going, oh, that's I, I love what you do. That's really, really good. That's very good. But I can't do that. And I personally feel that it's on some level, everybody is an artist of different and different forms but there's just different blocks which have been put in people's way and that's what I wanted to talk to you today about uh, is basically what is blocking people and uh, what are the ways they can go about it but first of all tell us what you do and how can uh, how can what you do help people's creativity okay yeah well um i'm a rapid transformational therapist and um this this particular type of therapy was developed by a lady called marissa peer um, back in the 1980s, I don't know whether, well, you wouldn't remember this to you, you're a bit too young, but Jane Fonda used to have this thing called weight loss and uh, she used to have workouts and she used to sell DVDs, etc. over in California, but it went worldwide. And Marissa went across there and very quickly, because she worked as one of her sort of employees, and very quickly she realized that the problem wasn't coming from overeating or the weight itself. It was all due to the mind. It was all coming from the mind. The problems were in the mind. So she turned herself to, uh, to study hypnotherapy. And 30 years later, she's like the, known as the therapist of therapies. She's, um, when the therapist fails, they go to her. You know, she's been voted uh, Britain's best therapist. Uh, you can find her on YouTube and TED Talks. And then she created, obviously, this thing called Rapid Transformational Therapy, which I have learned from her. And that's what I do. I'd not heard of RTT until I met you. Uh, and so is this is this a relatively new thing? It's, as far as the actual um, thing itself, Marissa's been using it for many, many years. But she couldn't reach enough people because it was so successful. Um, she's got plenty of, you know, hundreds of 
well, I say thousands of clients, tens of thousands of clients all over the world. She gets flown all over the place. She gets them from America, uh, in the UK. She's back in the UK at the moment. She's, you know, but she, she goes all over the world. Obviously, with the COVID, she can't go around the world. But usually she goes around the world and she helps a lot of people, gives a lot of talks, etc. But then she couldn't reach enough people. So what she decided to do was to put this thing together and uh, teach a lot of therapists and this is why I'm doing it you know that's 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 why I came to because I did a lot of research because I've always been interested all my life in the way that people think and what people do and how they do it and why they do it fascinated me but I'm a building surveyor by trade so I mean wow that's a that's a massive difference between the mind and a building you know a physical building but anyway this always sort of drove me on and I found that this Marissa's course thank the Lord for that because really it, it's it's amazing how it could help to transform people and uh, lifestyles and give them freedom from their problems and their uh, difficulties and their habits and you know the things that, that that cause real problems in their lives you know and I feel as though this is my calling this is where I want to be this is what I want to do help people break through and and get out of that um, fixed position like you said before. So talk us through what would happen in an RTT session. One of the things that you've got to be, you know, you've got to understand um, really before I, I tell you how exactly we, we do each, I mean, individual sessions are completely different for everybody. It depends on the person, okay? So um, many, there's many different things I have to do with them once we get inside a therapy session. But if I can explain a little bit about how the mind works, um, the neuroscience of it, you know, it will then let you understand how um, I do adjust things and how I do make things and how I do allow people to be um, freed. Um, it, you see, in order for people to enable them to have a better life, a constructive life, a more important uh, freedom in life, the, the, the problems that um, occur um, are down to the fact that you know, as you, as you go through life, we learn things, new things. We have new experience. So every time you learn something new, we make like new connections in the brain, new synapse connections, synaptic connections in your brain. And that's the science of neuro, the neuroscience. So these firings of all these synapses, learn, you know, little links that come together, form patterns, and then they form networks, which enrich the understanding of our environment and the way we see it and our reality. So as we as we grow older, as we come from child, you know, we, we're learning all these different things. And these synapses and these little clusters, if you like, of experiences are being positioned in the brain. So that's how we see our world. But just imagine if one of those networks holds an experience that's detrimental to the to the way that we live, you know. So the, therefore, here we have our problem. In, in the case that you're talking about, obviously, we're talking about blocks. So as a therapist, I first have to identify where the these rogue patterns are within the, the life, the way that the person or the, the, the presenting problem uh, of the client that's before me. So these patterns come from all over the place, you know, um, but you have to find the root, the root. And once you find the root, once you find the cause, because some people come to you, you, your uh, uh, session and they, their uh, presenting problem is nothing to do with the actual problem that it, that, where it comes from, where it stems from. So you have to be a bit like, you know, Sherlock Holmes, find out what's going on. It's a detective thing. And, because when you think about it, um, 
Most of our lives and everything that we're doing now, right at this moment in time, is done with the conscious level, the conscious mind. You know, we can see things, we feel things. Um, and most of the time, our, 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 this takes over our brain's activity, uh, you know, and, and it's feeding information in. But to be honest with you, that's only about 5% of what the mind's actually doing. Because 95% of all the stuff that's going on in life all the time is in the subconscious mind. See, if, I, if you can imagine for a second, and, and this, is, this is something which obviously um, is quite simplistic, but if I could just ask you for a second, just to, just to think of like a lemon, a big juicy lemon that's cut in half and you can see the inside, the flesh of the lemon. And you can see that in front of you. Say you had it in your hand and then you bring it up to your nose and you can smell that citrus flavor coming through in your nose. And you squeeze the lemon, you can just smell that lemon feeling, you know, you can smell it. And then you push that lemon right into your mouth and you bite down on that flesh and all those juices go into your mouth. You'll probably find that your mouth has started to saliva more, you'll, you'll get into it and you'll feel as though that lemon. Now your body, your subconscious mind has now started to react to what you are telling it. So the sensors, but in this case, it was the thought sensor, was sending information to the subconscious, which did certain things within your body, i.e. produce saliva, etc., and then gets your digestive system ready to receive lemon. But there's no lemon there. Conscious mind, subconscious mind. Now, I'm only doing that as a simplistic way of helping people to understand how these two levels work. So, so sometimes when people come into our you know, uh, sessions, they have no idea why they feel the way they do, because the subconscious mind isn't communicating directly in the same way as we've just done from the conscious to the subconscious mind. So it gets confused. <laughs> now, I know that's a bit simplistic. I mean, obviously, but I do that for I'm doing that deliberately because it's a bit like, you know, when you're trying to work out, you know, say a computer. You don't have to know how the computer works inside to do some absolutely fantastic and wonderful things on the surface. You can see that, you know, which we're doing it now. We know roughly how the thing starts to do it inside, but we don't have to know that. We just have to know how to operate it. So the framework that we deal with, RTT, works around four main areas where problems stem from, okay? So... These are sort of the windows, if you like, of the window of the computer, if you look at it that way. So number one, what your mind does, it does exactly what it thinks you want it to do. And it absolutely believes that it's in your very best interest, just like the lemon. Your mind was thinking you were pushing a lemon into your mouth. So it does everything it has to do to make that work within your body. It changes things, it does things. So your mind is exactly what it thinks you want it to do. But just imagine this, if you're a young boy, say seven, eight years of age, and you're reading in a classroom aloud, you're reading along and you come to the word stomach, but instead of saying the word stomach, you read it as stomach. Now all the people in the classroom laugh, you know, oh, he's an idiot, you know, whatever. 
So just imagine now coming forward in time, you get to a point where you've got to give a speech in front of somebody else, you've got to do some public speaking, you've got to produce a report in front of your colleagues. Subconsciously, your mind's gone, oh, laughter, made fun of. So it's all there in the subconscious mind. So it thinks, wow, this is pain. This is not what we want. So it does everything it can to make you feel uncomfortable so that you don't do it. And is that because you've released certain chemicals when you've had that reaction to something in childhood, say you get the fight or flight thing kicks in perhaps, and that you get it? Yeah, it could be part of that. I mean, um, you think about our stress levels that we deal with now on a constant basis every day, um, anxieties, um, you know, the feeling of insecurities, etc. And as you as you get those feelings, yeah, the chemical um, packages of energy, if you like, through the endocrine system, shoot around the body. I mean, and again, we go back to the lemon. I'm trying to keep it simple so that people understand. Go back to the lemon. The endocrine system kicked in and caused your mouth to water. So your brain, your mind, was giving you information around the system for the pieces of, of physical activity to happen in your throat, in your mouth. So if you're getting stressed all the time, the fight or flight is part of it. But remember that it believes that it's doing it in your very best interest. Okay. So if you look at another, the, the second thing that the, the mind does, okay, is it's got to, you've got to survive on this planet. And you've got to survive on this planet by avoiding pain. So again, you see how there's fight or flights coming in here as well. Your mind's job is to steer us away from pain and steer us to something which is more pleasant. So let's just look at it um, as human beings, we're, we're social animals. And gosh, haven't we just realized it when this COVID's just been going around, how much social activity has been curtailed and how much mental problems have come from that. So we're social animals and we, we tend to live in tribes. Now, <laughs> the rejection or an exclusion from your tribe, because when you're, when you're born, your tribe is your mum and your dad, your siblings, you know, your sisters, your brothers. And then it's your street or your, or your neighbours or your, or your uncles, you know, you know. So as you grow uh, older as a child, your tribe becomes a little bit bigger, but you're still living within a tribe. Now, if you're rejected by that tribe or you think you're being rejected by that tribe or excluded from the tribe, then it's like extinction to the personality, like a death. And we have to fit into the tribe because our main behaviours within the tribe fall into about four or five different categories. Quite simple, really. You either get the person that's very, very good at doing something within your tribe or your house or your family or whatever, you get the carer, the mother hen, if you like, uh, the person that looks after people. You get the sick person that always seems to be ill or something wrong with them or, you know, enjoys the ill health in a way. And then you get the difficult one. So if we don't fall into any of those categories, we could feel as though we're being excluded from the tribe. That can cause us an awful lot of pain, obviously, as you grow older. The next thing that I'd like to talk to you about with regards to this, and it'll all join itself together, you'll see is that your mind responds to two things only. The things uh, that you picture in your mind and the words that you say to yourself or the words that you hear. So you, do you know those, the words that I was giving you? 
that yeah. lemon, that juicy lemon, those were the words. The pictures you were giving yourself in the mind was the big uh, lemon with the, with, the, with the flesh inside it. So you were giving yourself pictures. So your mind responds to two things, the pictures that you create in your head and the words that you hear or the words that you say to yourself. And in fact, the words that you say to yourself are crucial because your, your subconscious mind has got no idea that that lemon wasn't coming down, so, but it did automatically put those things into place. So think about this. If you start saying cruel words to yourself, harsh words to yourself, judgmental words to yourself, now remember that your subconscious believes all of these things, then what's it going to do to you? Is it going to make you feel great? Is it going to make you feel the ability to be able to do what you want to do, to create, to do, you know, to have the freedom of being to express yourself? Of course not. It's going to do exactly what you're telling your subconscious mind to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now we can use that to our advantage, remember, because we can, we can lie to our minds. We lied to our minds when we told it about the lemon. You see what I mean? Absolutely. So if we can give ourselves these instructions the different different communications to the subconscious because the subconscious will automatically do what you ask it to do but you've got to you've got to make it believe it's the right thing for you so it comes to the fourth thing that your mind really <laughs> evolves around and works around and you'll 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 recognize this as well because your mind loves what is familiar and it does not like what is unfamiliar Okay. Yeah. Now this is called the gatekeeper because around this is very much the conscious mind. The conscious mind falls into this because it, 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 it's easy. If, if you can imagine this, the gatekeeper is a critical and analytic sort of aspect of your mind. Okay. Because in order to be the head of the food chain, we had to be able to identify threats in the world, you know, say the two tigers at times, you know, those sort of things. It's easier to see something if you're familiar with what you see, because if there's anything different within that framework, you'll recognize it. And instantly your analytical mind will go, is that, is that a threat to me? Is that going to be good for me? Is that going to be bad for me? And all of this is going on at the same time. So your mind loves to put things that are familiar first, and it does not like to change that. And, you know, people say, I've got an open mind, I've got a closed mind. Well, there's a bit of that in there as well. Think about it. it, it you know, if you think about um, something that's going to be good for you, your analytical mind, and if it hasn't got the belief system behind it that agrees with it, will blank it off. It'll say, no, I don't want that. I'm not going to take that. And so you're living your world built up with all these synapses, all these patterns of things that you've experienced. And if anything sticks out that is a threat, it'll see it and it'll go fight or flight. You're right with that one. But we live in a world of, of threats. We live in a world of stress. We live in a world that can change. Look how quickly it's changed over the last year. Unbelievable change. So your mind at the moment is very susceptible to trying to get to something that's familiar. A lot of people have enjoyed being taken and, and bubbled, put in, a, uh, in their own little bubble, their own little place because it's easier to control the environment that we live in if we're like that. It's a lot easier for you to be able to live in the world if everything that's happening around you 
uh, is pleasant, well, sometimes it isn't, but it is pleasant, or you can accept it in your reality and you've got control of it. So remember that, that your mind loves what is familiar and doesn't, doesn't like what is unfamiliar. The mind loves what is familiar and doesn't like what is unfamiliar. What do we do in a situation where you're feeling anxious, whether it comes to sort of any sort of creativity or just because a conversation is a creative process in itself because you don't know where your mind's going to go. Uh, so what do we do when we're forced, like we are now being forced back into society as it is? I've got rid of my coping mechanisms, for example, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to fall back into my old ways. Okay, now let's look at your old ways. Let's look at what, let's look at some things that, really as a, the main trends that I have to deal with as a therapist, okay? Well, the first, the main thing that we all have to deal with is the thought that I am not enough. I'm not clever enough. I've not got enough money. I've not got enough time. I've not got enough possessions. I'm not talented enough. I feel it, the feeling of emptiness inside because of it. I mean, this is where the anxieties come from and everything. And you, but you can overeat, you, know, you, you can compulsive shop. These are the things that happen, you know, outside of, because of your feeling of I'm not enough. So when you think that you are not enough and you believe you've not got enough, well, there's where your problem lies. But you know something? There isn't enough of anything in this world that will fill that void that's inside of you. So we have to deal with that feeling. And that's, that's where it comes from, Stu. That's where I'm, the I'm not enough thing has given you... Um, I'm not, I'm not capable enough. These, you know, the coping strategies you're talking about, I'm not capable enough of, of, I'm good enough to be able to put those coping strategies back. And as a therapist, I mean, as a therapist, I could help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, uh, I could try and steer you in the direction where you need to. You see, I, all I do really is point these things out to people and probably give them an indication of a strategy or what's called a reframe of how to think of these things and then allow them to then structure it using a, a different idea, another perspective. Now, now that, that affects people in different ways. It's not available to me, okay? And a lot of people say those things. So they think that they're not worthy. It's going back a little bit to what we said about, um, you know, I'm not enough. But what it does is it reduces the horizons of people it reduces the ability to be able to be do things. Maybe they really want to do them, but because they feel it's not available to them, and there's many reasons for that, like I said, there's things behind that that, that would cause that, but they have huge problems. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, I think they're not worthy of the problem. The unobtainable, the unobtainable becoming the most desirable. So the things that are not available to me sometimes can be the most desirable thing that we want because we feel, do you know that juxtaposition where you feel, I really want it, but it's not available to me. Do you, do you see how it all starts to fall into place? So not available to me is something which comes from the formative years. That's, that's another side that I have to deal with. This is, this is where we build these jigsaw pictures as, and we pull them together i was told that quite often as a child as um don't get above your station it was very much a working class thing so it's kind of don't aim for the stars and i and so there was part of me even then kind of going but i want to be a rock star and 
I had this sort of vision in my head of what I wanted to be. Well, especially I started off wanting to be a priest because there's a part of me that wants to help people. But I, but I also wanted to be a clown. So I want to entertain and help. Um, so there's that coming back to the performance side of things and the artistic creative side of things. So there is that that pull between I want to achieve a thing where we're all collective together and moving forwards in a sort of spiritual sense as one being. Yeah, but look at it this way. You, you, but, you've yeah. hit the nail on the head because when I first met you a few years ago, you feel that you felt as though you'd stalled. The reframe that we did then, that with the therapies that we did then for you, with you, has, has literally taken those blocks. You now know environment that you produced your reality in has been uh, kept you in that position. Now you know that's not right. You know now that you can actually do what you're doing, podcasts. Um, oh, yes, I've been on television. The, the television. <laughs> You've done all sorts of things that you didn't think before. You released those blockage from with, blockages from within inside of you and still there's still some there, Jude. Don't yes, get me absolutely. Oh, they, they really but are. <laughs> but the, you're working through them. Yes. And you're working through them, not by any other means other than realising that they are blockages and they, they can be dealt with. And they can change. It's made me think of that slit experiment for some reason that's come up in my uh-huh. head. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Fire, the, fire the light at one slit and it comes out of both. That yeah, that's that's what's come <laughs> that's what's come to my mind. Uh, because if you don't see the thing, if you don't sort of acknowledge that it exists, then it's well, you, you can't deal with it, can you? You can't no. really. You know. You're blind to it. Excellent. So can I just one more thing? Um, there's a, there is a third thing that I deal with a lot, and this this will strike home as well. And to most people that's listening to us, um, it will also strike home. I am different, so I can't connect. So the disconnected, an outsider feeling like that, yeah, which produces a, a specific pattern of behaviour. You know, I'm sure that you felt, and most people, if they're honest with themselves, at some point in time felt like that. Well, when you said it, that hit that, that that hit me in the chest. I actually felt that in my when you said that that phrase, uh, it just yeah, I actually felt it in my body. Which I'm kind of that's a it's another thing I think which you taught me as well. Uh, it was about kind of just listening to the body a bit and feeling where those if something triggers you, where is it triggering? And that hit me right in my solar plexus. That's your subconscious. Now the subconscious, that's the trigger. There's a trigger in there. And when I touch that trigger by saying, I am different, so I can't connect. Once that trigger has been touched, it'll have a response. And that response will be also how your body responds to it. Because just having a thought is one thing. But having a thought that that creates a feeling in your body is another. Think about embarrassment. Think about when somebody said something to you, you might just go in the long, ordinary, no problem at all. Somebody says something to you, whap, you're hit with embarrassment. You go red in the face, your blood pressure rises. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an indication from the subconscious that something's not right there. Now, the subconscious communicates in the same way as you communicate down, but um, in a slightly different way. You've got to look at your beliefs, Okay. Because we build our whole existence on what we believe. And we construct our understanding of the world, our reality, if you like, from the beliefs that we have got in our subconscious and in a conscious. Well, it's, it's accessible. 
obviously your subconscious and your conscious mind's accessible so you have it in your conscious mind as well now this all comes back from the formative years it also happens in life as well when some major things happen but the actual construct of your world obviously begins when you start to be conscious so your younger years are obviously going to be filled with all of this putting it together so as a child it's a young immature person learning experiences learning things learning words learning patterns all that's going into the sub, into the subconscious mind it's going into your brain if you like and it's going in there and all those synapses are being created so when that's when those perceptions are being created in particular with regards to these feeling things that we've talked about it's looking at it from a child's perspective so this is a very immature understanding it's age related all of those things, all those formative years create your realities. If you don't know where all of that's coming from, but you don't feel, because I mean, you were, you were singing in a band, you were doing what you wanted to do, but subconsciously, you probably didn't think you were able, it wasn't available to you. So subconsciously, those things were in there, mm -hmm. but not consciously, you would think it, because you wanted to do this, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's how you communicate this information back to your subconscious that relieves it, relieves it. And your subconscious, remember, does exactly what it thinks you want it to do. And it's in your best interest. But if that synapse, if that group of synapses is giving you the information from a child's perspective or the perspective of that particular thing that happened to you when you were younger, these hidden immature understandings, which your belief systems are built on, are synapsed and collected in your subconscious, in your brain. There they are, ready to go. Oh, here we go. Trigger. There it goes. Oh, my God. And what happens in your life? Could be devastating in your life. Could, could destroy your fantastic ability to be able to do something. It, 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 you don't get rid of fear until, oh, well, some people say they do, you know, some actors, some singers, some people say they've done it so many times, they lose their stage well, not fright, but stage uh, anxiety, if you mm. like, and they don't perform because of it and things like that. Don't, don't perform as to their uh, maximum ability because of it and things like that. And I think that a lot of, a lot of um, performers that I've spoken to feel that way. You know, um, I used to be in the forces, as you know, and um, we used to love, I used to, I used to love a challenge. And I'm talking about middle of the night, you get up, you've got to, Put your gear on. You've got to get out there. You've got a head torch on. You've got your rucksack on your back. It's actually called a Bergen where I come from. Put a Bergen on your back. You're running up that hill. There's mud everywhere. You're sliding everywhere. You're falling everywhere. It's absolutely, possibly some people's worst nightmares. But I loved it because I was telling my brain, I have chosen to do this. I want to become a parachute regiment soldier. I want to do what I, you know, this is my, and the brain's going, for goodness sake, if he wants to do it, let's get him. And that's what happens. So if you give the right information to your subconscious, it can override all the things it's learned, unless it's a big thing and it becomes, and, it, and it's hidden inside. And that's where the therapy comes in again. Can you show us an, okay. a way of doing this? I, I can. Do you, do you want to do just as, to be honest, I can't do a session because no. I, I don't, I've got nobody to session with. We haven't got the time. I can, <laughs> no, we haven't got the time. <laughs> 
very true, Stuart, you know what it's like. Um, I can give a quick, let's do a little bit of hypnosis. Excellent. Let's, let's give something. that a bash. So if you're listening for this podcast, if you could just get yourself comfortable sitting in a chair, and or lying on the bed, it doesn't matter, but just as long as you're comfortable. And as you listen to my voice, you start to focus your attention on the inside. As your attention focuses inwardly, your subconscious mind begins to take you into that relaxed position, feeling more and more comfortable. As you breathe in, breathe out. You will notice an ever-deepening feeling and sensation of comfort starting to develop. As you do that, you find yourself drifting slightly. In a moment, I want you to close your eyes. As soon as you close your eyes, in a moment, you'll find yourself going into a deeper and deeper form of relaxation. Your subconscious mind at this moment in time preparing you to go inside and communicate better with your subconscious mind. So close your eyes now. Go into that comfortable place. You might want to begin to experience that sense of comfort inside. might begin to notice that comfort growing all by itself as you begin to go into hypnosis faintly at first and you start to go deeper and deeper as you breathe in and you breathe out All the way. You're going great. You're doing great. Your relaxation is happening. You feel that relaxation. And you go deeper. The more relaxed you feel, the more deeper you go. The better you feel. All anxieties, all nerves, Everything just flowing away from your mind, drifting comfortably, like you're on a cloud, going deeper and deeper. That's right. Feel yourself relaxing more and more as your mind drifts. How good it is. Now, as you continue to relax more and more, just allow yourself to float across time and space. 
And in a moment, your unconscious mind is going to suddenly take you to a very special place. A place that is associated with a tremendous feeling of peace, of tranquility, of safety, and happiness. It may be a place you've been to before, or some special place that you will find your subconscious is giving you for the first time. And as you drift into that deep relaxation, just allow such a place to materialize in your imagination. As you find yourself there, Remember that any time you feel stress, any time that you feel anxious, any time that you want to start to produce, use your imagination to produce something, some art, some performance, some work, whatever it is, Remember from this peaceful place, this tranquil place, all the blockages will not affect how creative you can be. Learn about yourself in this place. Remember that it's available to you whenever you wish. Now I'm going to bring you back, counting back from five, starting to breathe, starting to concentrate more on the outside world. Four, take a deep breath and bring yourself back, start to move slightly in the chair, stretch a little, three, Two, one, back where you were, back in consciousness, feeling great. What a wonderful place you've been to. And how was that? That was lovely. I went to Scunthorpe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would soon. <laughs> uh, I, I really didn't. It was really relaxing. There was a rock I used to go to in Wetherill, which is a tiny little village not far from here. And I'd go and sit on that rock and actually meditate with a friend who's a Buddhist nun now. So that's wow. interesting. So yeah, this is interesting that my mind took me there. Thank you very much. That was lovely. Oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Excellent. So if people want to get in touch with you and um, book an RTT session or just talk to you about the process, then where can they find you? Um, they can find me at the moment, obviously, on my uh, email account, which is uh, Franz Hutch which is F-R-A-N-Z-H-U-T-C-H at AOL.com. And from that communication, I'll obviously um, be in touch. Um, obviously, as we come out of lockdown, uh, I don't know when, <laughs> but I, I prefer obviously, we can, I can do Zoom calls, but I prefer to have uh, one-to-one um, sessions and things like that um, so that I can get a better feel for it, if you like. So that, that's something else. However, we can do it outside. You know, it's no, there's no real place that we have to do it. It has to be quiet. Oh, sorry, um, it has to be confidential. So it has to be a place where it's not overheard. 
but we, we, we can we can find places, I'm sure. So, so any help you want. Uh, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> but we can do we can do it in uh, you know in places with their homes or places like that. Or Excellent. You can come out to see me. Or I can talk to them, you know, if they've got problems, uh, in particular there's drug problems or traumatic situations that they've had. I can talk to them without doing the you know a real RTT therapy, which helps. Um, but as soon as we can, uh, let's get into an RTT situation. Let's do it. You know, I can do I can do Skype, like I said, in Zoom. That's wonderful. Thank you very much for being part of the Stu Simpson show. It's a very different episode to what we usually have, and we really really appreciate your time. And um, oh, ho- you. hopefully we'll get back to Morris dancing soon as well. Great stuff. Cheers. Yeah. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye, mate. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Stu Simpson Show and our special with Franz. We talked all about RTT and unblocking any of your psychological blockages which you might have accumulated, stopping you being the creative special soul that you are. Take care of yourself and each other. Namaste, dear friends, and hopefully you'll be back soon. Lots of love. Bye-bye.